0: Welcome back to the Preppy Podcast. Today, I have a fun conversation with Natasha of Nashville Tash. If you love color as much as I do, um, then you're going to love learning more about her and how she started influencing, how it's changed over the years, um, and so many fun things in between, honestly. So we'll get into the interview in a second, but I wanted to remind you guys, First, that you should go and check out the preppypodcast.com. Um, you can see all the interviews we've done on there. You can also shop the merch. Um, there's some really great products and everything in between that's kind of the HQ of the the Preppy Podcast is the preppypodcast.com. So definitely go check that out um, and shop some great preppy merchandise that I've come up with. And also, if you are an influencer or a brand and you need some help working with influencers or on the um, influencer side, working with brands, then I invite you to go to peakedpr.com and check out my courses there. Um, So let's get into the interview now though. All right. So why don't you let everyone know who you are, where you live and what you do? Hi friends.
1: This is Natasha Stone King, otherwise known as Nashville Tash, on Instagram, um, I'm from Nashville, Tennessee. I'm actually a native Nashvilleian, which is a unicorn to find these days. And I have been in the social media slash influencing slash blogging world uh, since 2008. Wow. So it's actually been a really long 14 years of crazy <laughs> up and down and, you know, modifying and kind of figuring out what this space looks like, but um, wouldn't have it any other way and absolutely love what I do.
0: That's awesome. And definitely you are a unicorn. I feel like everyone that I know in Nashville, they're not like originally from there.
1: (laughs) Yeah. People, when I found out, they're like, wait, you grew up here. And I said, you know, Nashville is very small. My entire family still lives here. So it's fun to have them.
0: But I do miss the old Nashville quite a bit. (laughs) Without all the bachelorette parties. Exactly. (laughs) That's so funny. So speaking of growing up, I always like to start the podcast with like, tell me about your childhood. So were you creative back then, like into fashion or were you more of a tomboy and this came later? Like what was your childhood like for you?
1: You know, it's funny when you asking that question, it kind of makes you look back and think, you know, how was I as a child? (laughs) I was always very animated, always loved color I think this would be something I need to ask my mom too after we get done with this conversation. um, She'd probably tell you I was always creative. Mm -hmm. Um, Things that kind of jump in my mind. I would take nail polish and paint like the switch, the light switches in my room and my alarm clock and things like that. I guess that was a way to express myself. Um, I've always been very much into fashion and Always loved, you know, trying on things. And my mom would always take me to Limited Two in the mall because that was yes. very much like the epitome of, you know, kind of tween fashion back then. Mm-hmm. And always going back to school shopping and kind of seeing what I could, you know, do different outfits with different looks. And so I definitely think I've always been creative. It's just, kind of transformed and changed a bit. Um, I wish I had more artistic ability, but that's definitely just not not in my DNA.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. I have lots of great creative ideas, but I'm not as artsy-craftsy as that. Um, yes. And I loved how you mentioned limited to. I feel like a lot of us grew up with limited too, and especially people that love color. It was so yes. colorful and like so fun, that store, I remember.
1: Or like Lisa Frank, I think back of all my, you know, yes. stationery and school supplies and backpacks and... I'm starting to gear up for, you know, the kids to go back to school. And so it's I always reminisce about things like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, they were so fun. Lots of, like, fun prints and, like, fun textures, too, I remember, with yeah. Lisa Frank. <laughs> Absolutely. So when it came time for college, like, where and what did you end up studying, if you went, So I
1: went to the University of Tennessee, uh, which is in East Tennessee, in Knoxville. Go Vols. So it's funny. I mean, I have pictures of me in Neyland Stadium when I was a toddler wearing a UT cheerleading uniform. So that was pretty much the only school I ever wanted to go to. So I was lucky that that happened. And I studied advertising and communications, and then I had a minor in business. So I kind of feel like my, you know, undergrad kind of prepared me for Mm -hmm. social media, and all of those things, marketing and PR, um, and kind of putting those communication skills to use.
0: Yeah, I find that a lot. I feel like with influencers, a lot of us have studied some form of communication or marketing, um, you know, something to do with writing. So I feel like it's been in our blood for a while.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. It's funny how I never thought it would go this way.
0: Yeah. So after you got your degree, then what did you end up doing? Like what was your first career, your first job, all of that?
1: So I moved home from Knoxville back to Nashville when I graduated in 2006, and I started working for a very big Fortune 500 um, engineering and consulting firm, and as I was an account associate there and helped submit submittals and planned industry conferences and client events all throughout the country. So it was a definite shift from what I thought I would be doing. Uh, It was more marketing PR based than it was advertising. But um, during that point is when I actually started my blog as well.
0: Oh, cool. So did you start your blog? I I find with a lot of influencers and bloggers, like they started it as a creative outlet. It sounds like... um, the industry you were working in might not have been as creative as you would have liked. So is that kind of what led to the blog or what, what was the idea behind like, let's start a blog?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It was exactly what you said. It was me kind of contained in a box sitting in a desk job, you know, Monday through Friday, eight to five and just bored because I wasn't being able to use my creativity and, you know, that outlet, until it came to conferences, and them kind of letting me run things. Um, and so that's when I started my blog. It was called A Day in the Life. And that was back in April 2008. And yeah, it was just that. It was an online scrapbook, a way for me to kind of write and talk about things that were going on in my life during that time, and just a creative space to where I could um, kind of get outside the box of you know the parameters of my corporate job.
0: Yeah, it's funny because I remember blogs when they just started, like back then too. And I yep. had one uh, forever ago. Like I've had so many editions on my blog and starting <laughs> and stopping. But blogs back then, it was more of like, not a diary because it wasn't um, private, obviously. But right. it was more like, yeah, you just talked about your day and it wasn't what it is today. It's crazy to see how different that has become. The
1: evolution of it. Yeah. I mean, you know, back then there was no, you know, collaboration. There was no monetization of that when it first started out. And I remember just a handful of us trying to figure out what the heck we were doing and how to navigate because people thought, you know, when you would tell someone you had a blog, they would kind of look at you like you were an alien because they had no idea what that was or what that entailed.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. So at what point, um, I guess like how far into it did you realize like, hey, this could maybe be a business, this could be a job um, and kind of pivot to that? Like was it a hobby for a long time and then you decided, you know, once you saw other people doing it and making money to do that or talk to me about, you know, that journey because that's changed so much like you just said. Absolutely. I mean, I think so. I got married in 2011, had
1: our first daughter Caroline in 2012, and I stepped away from the corporate world just to kind of see what I, the next step that I wanted to take. And so that's when I put a little bit more focus into the blog. And you could tell there were things that were shifting in the marketplace, and you know people were gaining traction with their followers and. You know, there were ads on your site and you could do things like that. So that's when I kind of started realizing, okay, this could be, you know, a side hustle, you know, is what I thought back then, you know, just for from extra money for me to, you know, kind of help my spending habits with my, you know, daughter that I wanted to have all the matching outfits for. Um, and so it was basically just me not wanting to go like not let my career fall while I was having, you know, two small children um, and saying, okay, what can I do with this? Mm -hmm. And it's funny, during that time, I also started a children's boutique that I ran Mm -hmm. as an e-commerce shop, as well as my blog. So I was kind of going in two different directions, kind of seeing what was going to fill my tank and, you know, obviously made
0: sense for our family. Wow. I did not know that you had an online boutique then. So tell me, A little bit about that. Like, how long did you do that for? And um, at that time, probably online shopping was still relatively newish of a concept. So, what was that like? So, the funny thing is, so I had
1: two daughters within 15 months. So, they were pretty much back to back. Mm -hmm. And I found myself really struggling with shopping because, you know, I couldn't take, you know, when I would get out with them, one would cry, one would need. (laughs) to be fed. And I was like, this is so exhausting. Why are there not places online where you can shop for adorable children's wear? And Mm -hmm. so it was so funny. I started, you know, looking into it and going to the branding and doing the SWOT analysis on competition and things. And I realized that there was a void. And so Mm -hmm. I started planning and, you know, kind of put my business hat back on and did an entire business plan. And so I started it and that would have been in 2013 ran it for five years, absolutely loved it, but knew I couldn't do both full time. Mm -hmm. Um, I was just being pulled in too many different directions. But so I just saw a need for it in the market and said, I feel like moms want this, but they don't have the ability to go out and buy all these things because of their kids and their schedules. And so I brought it to them.
0: That's so smart. I love like your business mind. I feel like Sometimes influencers um, get a bad rap that, you know, they just take pretty pictures, but clearly you're a businesswoman at the end of the day. (laughs) Well, and
1: it was, yeah, I wanted to make it known that it was, Mm -hmm. you know, I had the right tools for it. And I took a lot of courses and read a lot of, you know, industry trade publications and things like that because I wanted to do it the right way.
0: Yeah. Okay, so then you closed the online boutique and yep. you decide to focus on your blog and influencing completely then at that point. Mm-hmm. So what? when was that and kind of what, um, what, what did that look like back then? Because like we've talked about, you know, influencing and blogging has changed so much over the years. So at that point, what, what did that look like? So basically it was
1: me just doing a lot of praying and, you know, kind of figuring what my gut and my heart was telling me to do and just pivoting and you know once I made that decision after thinking about it for a good, you know, three to four months, I knew it was the right decision. And so when I closed in April, I think it was 2018, I knew I had made the right choice. And that's when I put all of my effort into the blog and, you know, reaching out to companies and really kind of honing in on what I wanted to focus on and being a more life and style blogger rather than just a fashion blogger or a mommy blogger.
0: Mm -hmm. So for people listening who might not follow you yet, obviously, first of all, go and follow um, you and read your blog. But how would you describe your blog and like your Instagram social media pages today? Obviously, like you just said, um, it's more lifestyle, but what will they find there? So, you know, in
1: publishing things that I try to do, I've tried to find four to five kind of niche markets of what you'll always find when you visit my blog, which is HelloHappinessBlog.com. And that's fashion, that's family, it's travel, it's home design, and then it's probably a mixture between fitness and um, home. And so I feel like when you focus those things, people know what to expect. They know the types of things that you're going to post about on a regular basis. And it kind of helps connect on a more personal level.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. you. It gives you a little bit of a focus if you have your pillars lined up, right? Yes,
1: absolutely. I, mean, I think, you know, as soon as you see my channels, you'll know that I'm a lover of color. <laughs> but like so many people are always showing just the neutral and the black and the white and the gray. And that is completely not me whatsoever. And so I think you can definitely tell that from the moment that, you know, you start following me
0: or you visit my website. And that's one of my favorite parts about following you is you love color as much as I do. Um, and also you're just so positive and happy, like like your blog says. <laughs> right. I know people come to me all the all the
1: time or they'll ask my friends and they'll say, is she really like that? Is she really happy all the time? And let's be honest, we all have our bad days. We all yeah. have the days that we just want to go back to bed. But that's always been my mindset. And I just feel like there's so many reasons in the world to be happy and focus on the good stuff, you know, even more so now than ever.
0: Oh, my gosh. Yes, definitely now for sure. Um, So when you decide to focus on your blog and even still to this day, like what has worked for you marketing wise? Like what's been your biggest marketing tool, would you say? Oh, my goodness.
1: Honestly, I would just say, you know, s- connecting with other brands, reaching out And honestly, you know, if there's brands that I've wanted to partner with that I use in my daily or say, for instance, there's, um, you know, clothing brand that I've always loved that my kids love. I'll reach out to them, you know, on whether that be an email directly or a DM and say, do you have opportunities for collaborations? You know, I'm already a customer. I would love to expand our relationship, see if you have things like that. I've gone to industry conferences, you know, like the Reward Style Conference, which, you know, is now LTK. Um, and it's funny because a lot of the brands that I've met there kind of started relationships. And now I have monthly collaborations with brands like Anthropology and Soma and Nordstrom, Walmart. So it's funny how you just connect with people and um, just all, you know, never being afraid to ask. To be quite honest, you're going to hear no, and that's okay. And it may not be a good fit, or maybe it's not a good fit at that time, but um,
0: just always going above and beyond. I think that's great advice. I feel like when I ask that question, sometimes people are like, Oh, you know, social media, email, but I love like the old schoolness and that and like it's connecting with people. It's yep. building those relationships. Like that's a great form of marketing. And I feel like regardless if you're, you know, an influencer or a blogger or a business, everyone can use that advice. You know, going out there, connecting, making connections and putting a face to a name.
1: Yep. I mean, at the end of the day, we're in sales. And so it's learning how to pitch yourself, you know, that 30-second elevator pitch that you had to, you know, do in college and things like that. And really just kind of going for it and being confident enough to ask.
0: Mm -hmm. I feel like. A lot of people that own businesses and are entrepreneurs, they're always like, "Oh, I have such a hard time like selling myself. Like I can sell anyone else, like I can rave about you, but it's so hard to to sell myself." So, do you have any like tips for that, or um, any advice maybe in regards to how to put yourself out there and like not be afraid?
1: I think just kind of what I mentioned, just taking a chance and, you know, every year I sit down in January and I make a list of five to 10 brands that I would like to collaborate with that year and how I can do that, whether that be, you know, through a mutual contact that I have with them or an ongoing relationship or asking what opportunities they have coming up, whether that be for collaborations or travel or anything like that. Um, So I definitely think just confidence in knowing who you are and what you bring to the table. I think that's really important. Um, You know, I always try to just um, make sure I ask them what they want when I'm working with them. Because I think a lot of people in this industry, they just assume they want sales. But mm-hmm. say you're working with a small business, they may not necessarily want sales. They may want followers or new customers yeah. or people to sign up for their you know, newsletter or whatever it may be and just more awareness. So I think in knowing the types of companies that you're working for and what you can help with and what you're good at, I think that also helps kind of foster that relationship as well.
0: Yeah, that's great advice. Um and I I like what you said there's like you make a list at the beginning of the year with who you want to work with. I think that's great advice, you know, and helps with putting yourself out there. Like having goals and writing it down or telling someone to sort of hold you accountable. I do the same. I have like a running list on my phone with people I want to interview on the podcast or, you know, potential clients I want to work with. So I think that that's really good too. And I, I think that's like part of manifestation. I'm not, yeah. I'm not a huge manifestation person, but I feel like that probably follows into it.
1: <laughs> if you, if like, you know, they say, I guess, field of dreams, if you build it, it will come. It's like, if you dream it, it will happen. So I'm, I'm with you on that. Yeah. And sometimes have to kind of bite the bullet and take a chance and see what happens.
0: So in regards to that, like what's what would you say is the hardest part about what you do? Is it like, you know, reaching out to these brands and putting yourself out there? Or is it more of like, you know, the numbers and the bookkeeping things? Right. Like what's the hardest part for you, would you say?
1: Oh my goodness. I think for me, so I'm in Enneagram three wing two. And so I have all these lofty ideas and things that I want to do, but executing it can be really challenging for me sometimes because I'll start a bunch of different tasks and then I'll leave them all open into (laughs) one. So I think that's why to-do lists are super important to me. And, you know, I try to make a three to five, like this is what absolutely has to get done today. And so that doesn't make me feel like I'm biting off more than I can chew. Yep. Um, I'll be honest, you know, now that I've been doing this for so long, I've learned how to delegate the things that I don't enjoy. For instance, the accounting and the bookkeeping side of it. It's not my specialty. It's not my forte. Luckily for me, I have a great mom friend who is also a small business accountant. And so she helps me with that. So, you know, I'm helping her and she's helping me. And it's a, it's a win-win for both of us. Yeah. You know, I have an assistant who helps me steam clothes for photo shoots or take returns back or open boxes and it's things like that that might sound so minute and small but it really does help me that way I can do more of the creative stuff that I love
0: yeah I think that's so smart I always say you know delegate because at the end of the day if you're spending so much time on something that's so much easier for someone else to do then it's costing you more instead of paying someone else to do it
1: and I think that just helps me to kind of take, look at the broad picture, whether, you know, whoever I'm working with that month and say, okay, this focus of their campaign is on, obviously we're going into back in school, so I'll use that. Like, mm-hmm. so I can actually really focus on that rather than, oh my gosh, all the nitty gritty details and all the other, you know, back end things. So I think that's really helped me kind of work smarter and not harder.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now, on the flip side to that, then what like do you love most about what you get to do? Like what brings you joy in terms of, you know, your business and influencing and blogging?
1: Honestly, just connecting with people and building relationships and that rapport with them. I take that so personally, you know, I don't have someone else answering my DMs. I answer every single one of them myself because I think it's important that they're spending their time reaching out to me and I can do the exact same thing for them. And so, you know, I hope to be a very trusted and valuable resource for a lot of people, whatever it may be, or, you know, what I'm talking about or how I'm helping them or the information that I'm providing. And so I just always want to be like a happy space for them, even if it's just, you know, five minutes a day for them to kind of have a
0: reprieve from the hustle and the bustle and just take a moment and take a load off. Definitely. I think, and that goes back to what we just talked about with connections and building relationships. So it's good that you find the joy in that too, you know, not just the importance. I mean, it's
1: just, it's more than just a sale to me, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think a lot of people just, they've taken the personality away from it. And I find that so disheartening and it's hard and you know, I still love writing blog posts and so many people don't even do that anymore. Yes. And so with constant changes in algorithm, you know, I still stand by the fact that like you have to have a website because it's the, it's the only media that you own. Yep.
0: Yeah. Now talking about collabs, like who would a dream collab be with for you? Like if you could work with any brand, um, who would you want to work with?
1: Oh my gosh. That's a hard one. Um, Oh my goodness. I mean, I definitely think it would be absolutely amazing. I know one Dyson Dyson would be really, really cool. Because I'm already a customer of theirs and so many from home to beauty and all those things in between. So I think Dyson would be a really fun collaboration to get. Um, I know a lot of people do different car partnerships. I work a lot with Toyota. So that's been a really fun collaboration that has turned into a really fun relationship that's ongoing. And um, I just think the world of their team, that's fantastic. Uh, Disney has been one where Ooh. that was on my list for a long, long time. And when I finally got to work with them for the first time a few years ago, I think that was when it, I was like, oh my gosh, I get to work with Disney. And you know, we were already Disney obsessed. And then the fact that I got to do it with my kids and my mom just made it all the more sweeter.
0: Oh, that's awesome! Disney's such like a brand that everyone I feel like loves and thinks of happiness and happy memories with. So absolutely, that's cool. Um, I want to talk about your place in Rosemary Beach, then too. I've been yes. following along, and first of all, love all the colors. Um, but so talk to me about that. So funny enough, my family has
1: been going to the 30A area for a long, long time. Um. We have been there, you know, even before our children were born. And it's fun because we have all the pictures from our yearly visits there. And my husband and I, Jeff, set a goal, you know, probably 10 plus years ago about we would love to have a vacation home in Rosemary at some point. And, you know, that's something that's been a long-term goal and things that we've been working for. And so we started looking probably about three years ago with a realtor down there and, you know, is like we would jump in head first and then we would get scared and back out. And um, it was just more like a God thing because we just kept, you know, finding great things. And we were flying down there and one came on the market and it was like, this is it. This is the one we were supposed to, you know, meant for meant for our family. And it has been such an, a fun adventure and something that we get to share with, you know, my followers and things like that as well. Um, And it's just our happy place. So I absolutely love it. We wanted it to stand out and be different from every other beach house down there. So that's where I was able to bring in lots of color and pattern and texture and work with some really um, incredible local artists as well.
0: Yeah. And so that people can rent, right? They can go and rent it. Yeah, absolutely.
1: That's what's even more fun is that they say they get to, you know, kind of see a different side of me and my design and, you know, what we did to it and just our favorite place to call home. And so we actually just bought another place down there in Seacrest. And that one is called the House of Palms. And so just a different, a different location down on 30A, a little bit more quiet, a little bit more secluded. Um, but we absolutely love it. My husband's obsessed with real estate. So it's it's a lot of fun that we get to do it together.
0: Yeah, and I've loved watching, you know, the behind the scenes of putting it together and um, your girls' trip that you did down there with some friends a little bit ago. And I actually had my bachelorette party at Rosemary Beach. So
1: I know. <laughs> I remember seeing you guys down there, like pictures that y'all had posted. And I was like, oh, they're in my favorite place. So yeah. it just doesn't get better. And, you know, it's family friendly, it's super easy to get to. And, It's really a place where both my husband and I can kind of reset and take off because we're both workaholics. So we really struggle with that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, it's been so fun following along with that process. So who and like what inspires you? Like, I guess, is there someone um, you look up to? And then in terms of creativity, you know, are, are there places you go to look for inspiration?
1: You know, in terms of who inspires me, it's absolutely my kids. I mean, everything I do is for them, is for their future and what, you know, I hope for them to be able to achieve. You know, I do, I always try to show them that you can, you know, I believe that you can have it all. It's just all about balance and Mm. you have to learn to say no so that you can learn to say yes to other things. So they definitely are my inspiration behind everything that I do um, because I had that role model in my mom as a child. And so that's been instrumental for me as well, especially in raising two daughters. Yeah. Uh, You know, they're nine and 10 years old. So I've got some scary years ahead of me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So definitely that inspires me. I think, you know, when I look for, you know, things that kind of help me stay creative. I mean, Pinterest is always a great thing. It's Mm -hmm. funny because back when I started my blog, Pinterest was just taking off. And I remember making all these boards for my wedding and Mm -hmm. then our nursery and all those things. And I'm like, oh my goodness, Pinterest has changed so very much. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's still a place I go for inspiration. Um, I'm old school. I still subscribe to magazines like Southern Living and Better Homes and (laughs) Gardens. So I do get inspiration from things like that. And, you know, a lot of other content creators and bloggers out there I get inspiration from as well.
0: Yeah. That those are all great answers. I still love old school magazines too. I love like tearing pages out and putting them on my little physical inspiration board in my oh, office. Oh.
1: <laughs> Just kind of yeah. My kids always are doing those types of things for school, and I get so excited when they have to do mind maps or, yeah, copy and pasting things. I'm like, oh, let's go to the magazines and see what we can find.
0: Yeah. Um, so since this is the Preppy Podcast, I always ask everyone, what does Preppy mean to you? So how would you describe Preppy. Oh
1: my gosh, that's a good one. That's a really
0: good question. I think when the first thing that comes
1: to mind, it's all American, it's classic, it's sophisticated, it's tailored, it's chic, but still fun. But I just think all American is what I think of preppy.
0: That's a good answer. I like that. That's fun. Um. So then my next question is I've like a few more short answer, like tips and advice sort of questions for you. So what advice would you give someone who wants to start blogging or influencing?
1: You know, first I would do a deep dive, kind of what we talked about earlier with the pillars and the kind of niches that you want to think about is finding that sweet spot, the things that get you excited to talk about, because that's going to make you want to continue to do this. You know, don't, Listen to what everybody else is doing. I would suggest actually unfollowing a lot of people so that you don't get bogged down with what others are doing and it doesn't mm-hmm. kind of jeopardize your creativity. I think that's something that's extremely important because you're always playing the comparison game to others yeah. and just kind of stepping back and seeing what matters to you and what gets you up in the morning and focusing on that and really standing out. I think that just sets you apart from the competition.
0: Yeah, I agree completely. And I love the little... Um, the button on Instagram where it's like you, you're still following them, but you're not seeing things that way. Yeah. I feel like if you unfollow someone, sometimes it creates drama. But if you do that, if someone's not, you know, making you feel good following them or you're comparing yourself too much, then I, I do that. It, I think it's a godsend. <laughs>
1: yeah, absolutely. You know, I would also start by if you're thinking about blog you know blogging and, you know, highlighting spaces that, you know, give you creativity or writing it down in a notebook. That's something I write down all the time or different quotes and things like that. Mm-hmm. That always helps me when I'm having, you know, a mind block. Um, and just kind of really looking inside and saying, okay, what can I bring to the table? What um, differentiates me from everybody else? You know, ask your friends. I ask my friends things yep. all the time. You know, if I'm doing a um, like a swimmer collaboration, I'm like, okay, what colors look good? Would you like stripes going this way? Mm-hmm. Do you like a one strap? And so, kind of having them serve as a focus group, if you will, yeah. I think always really helps because they're going to be blatantly honest with you the way the way other people won't.
0: Yeah, and it's an outside perspective. I feel like sometimes we get too in our own thoughts, you know. Yep, absolutely. So, since you're a mom, you are an influencer, your wife, you have you know multiple properties too. Like, do you have a tip for like balance? Oh gosh, <laughs> I think it <this> depends <laughs> on the day.
1: Um, but I would say for me, kind of what I mentioned earlier is I make a to-do list every single day. Mm-hmm. That way I can cross off things when I execute them and finish, which feels so good for my like type A personality. <laughs> you know, I've learned, I'm, I'm almost 39 years old. And so I think that I've also learned when to say no yeah. and it actually feels better so that you can say yes to other things that actually yeah. you know, give you more excitement. Um, I always, you know, another thing for me, this is kind of off base, I guess a little bit, but I put my phone in my bathroom every night Mm -hmm. at nine o'clock. So I'm not scrolling through Instagram mindlessly or on my phone anymore. And I can literally read or watch a show with my husband and just kind of be and step away. And I think that helps me so much.
0: I need to start doing that. I, I got to do it. I don't know if I can, but I'll try.
1: It helps, you know, you set your alarm and it makes you get up in the morning because yeah. you can't just hit it. That's true.
0: That's true. So it's, like a two, it's like a two in one kind of win. Yes. Um, what is the last thing you read? Like, do you enjoy, you know, fun, light beach reads or business reads? Like what, what have you been reading lately and loving?
1: So I try to do at least a book a month. I feel like that's attainable. The um, last book I just finished was The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, yes. which I absolutely love. And I know they're making into a movie, so I'm excited about that. I'm reading um, The Paris Apartment right now. I think I have like a, an asphyxiation with um, Paris right now because we took our kids there earlier this year. Oh. And so I've read two different books. Um, books this year set in Paris for whatever rhyme or reason. Um, And then what was the other last thing I read? Oh, I read Living Fully by Mallory Irvin. She's a blogger here in Nashville. Super sweet. Her story is incredible. And so that was like a really cool, uplifting nonfiction read.
0: I need to read that. I like watch all their YouTube videos and follow her on social media. So that's been on my list. Mallory was awesome. Her and her husband,
1: um, they're just fantastic. And they're really good people.
0: Yeah, they seem like it. They seem amazing. Um, what about some of your favorite brands like that people should go and check out? Obviously, we've talked about a few already, but any other brands that you think people listening should go and give a follow or go and check out their website and shop? Yeah. So a lot of th- I
1: think one thing I do that sets me apart from others is I do shop small Saturday a lot during the year. And so I pick out different, whether it be artists or brands or retailers or shops and highlight them in the help, you know, in the hopes that it helps kind of pay it forward because I know what it's like being a small brand. Mm-hmm. And so it's funny because some of my most longstanding and You know, most successful campaigns and ongoing partnerships have been with small businesses. Well, it's been fun to watch them grow alongside. Um, You know, one of the brands I work with all the time is Shop Avara. So I design collections with them. I do try-ons with them. They're a women-owned business out of Dallas. They're fantastic. Allie and Bess is a jewelry brand that's also based out of Dallas. It's two best friends that started their own jewelry business, and it's been fun to watch them grow and prosper. Um, Sarah and Maureen from Social Threads, they're out of New York City. We've designed different bags together. And that's been something that I just absolutely love to do. Uh, Again, that way I can use my creativity and my product design Mm -hmm. stuff. I just did a big partnership with Rosemary Beach. I'm going to be helping all of their storefronts next year. And we're designing swimwear and apparel and accessories and home and travel. So all different kinds of things. Um, So yeah, I'm always, you know, different buckets and But I definitely encourage, you know,
0: shopping small and local as much as possible. That's awesome. Those are great brands. And some of them I haven't heard of, so I'll have to check out. Yeah. So uh, since you enjoy traveling as well, like where's your favorite place to travel? Would it be like Rosemary Beach? And then where's somewhere on your bucket list that you want to visit? Oh, God. Okay.
1: We do have a travel bug for sure.
0: (laughs) Um, and I, we keep trying to do that more
1: and more with our kids. I want them to collect memories and experiences, and not necessarily things,
0: mm-hmm.
1: because I think it's so important for them to see other cultures. Um, I would say Italy is probably my favorite place to travel mm. in general. I just think their culture, their heritage, their history is just so much fun. Obviously, the food and beverage doesn't <laughs> make a point as well, and the landscape is just outstanding. We're actually take, we're taking a family trip there next summer, so I'm excited to go back and introduce the kids to Italy. But somewhere on my bucket list, I would love to go to Bora Bora. I mean, if I could, you know, stand being in a you know an airplane that long, I would love to go there.
0: Definitely. Oh my gosh, Italy's amazing, and um, I feel like everyone's in Italy right now that I follow and I'm friends not with. So
1: not fair.
0: <laughs> I know, right? I did not get that memo that we were all no, going to Italy I did right not- now. Who do we need to reach out to? Who do
1: we need to um, get a sponsorship from?
0: Totally. Um, Speaking of delicious food and drink, um, what's your go-to drink order?
1: I'm an Aperol spritz kind of girl. Heavy on the Aperol with a slice of orange. Um, That's definitely my favorite drink, hands down. I like Um, how it's just
0: as colorful as your style, too. (laughs) Yes. Nobody needs a boring drink. (laughs) so my final question is what's next for you obviously you talked about this um, some fun partnerships coming up but anything else like on the radar that people should look out for more travel
1: collaborations um, with different tourism bureaus more home design that I'm going to be working on some different product collaborations and um, you know trying to do just more life and style and connecting with people on a deeper level which is super important to me too so i'm excited for q3 and the rest of 2022 and to kind of see you know what happens in the market
0: yeah that's so exciting so now let everyone know where they can follow along with you and read your blog again
1: yes absolutely so again this is natasha you can find me on instagram at nashville tash or you can visit my blog at HelloHappinessBlog.com. awesome well thank you so much Thank you for having me. Thank you guys for listening in and have a great day.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the Preppy Podcast. I hope this put a little prep in your step for the day. Please subscribe, rate, and review on wherever you listen to your podcast and follow along with at the Preppy Podcast on social media.